Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 795. We're looking at Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. Let's read our passage. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will set up three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down and were terrified. Jesus came up, touched them, and said, Get up. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus alone. This is the Gospel according to Matthew. Matthew is writing this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, to convince people that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the promised one from the Old Testament. And he's given us this teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. We've just had this turning point in the gospel of Matthew where Peter confessed Jesus as the Messiah. To this point, no one had actually said that within the gospel. Matthew had said it a few times as part of his commentary, but this is the first time somebody has actually said it. Jesus asked his disciples, who do the people say I am? And then he said, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And this is a turning point. Now Jesus begins to teach them as the Messiah. This is what it all looks like. And of course, immediately after that, we had Peter's misunderstanding. Okay, he understands Jesus is the Messiah, but he doesn't know quite what that means yet. So when Jesus says, we're going to go to Jerusalem and be executed and resurrected, Peter wanted to argue with him. That's something that he just can't fathom. That's, that's unthinkable. The Messiah finally comes, but then dies. That doesn't make sense. Then Jesus instructed them on, if that's what's in store for Jesus, then that's probably pretty close to what's in store for them as his followers. Probably they should be ready to commit to following him even to the point of death. Now we pick it up in chapter 17, verse 1. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Well, Matthew says after six days. Luke says about eight days. Now, neither of them are really giving hard, fast numbers. They might as well just say about a week later. And so after six days, about eight days, it'd be just as easy to say about a week. And we don't know where they are at. Matthew says that Jesus took them up on a high mountain by themselves. So the point seems to be to get away from people. Now, often it's been said that they're probably at Mount Hermon. Because Mount Hermon is a little northeast of Caesarea Philippi. However, we don't know that they're still in the area of Caesarea Philippi. Because he says, after six days. Well, it's certainly enough time to get back into the Jewish area of Galilee. 
so we don't know they're really in that vicinity any longer. And when they come down from the mountain, they immediately encounter Jewish people. That wouldn't be the case if they were up at Mount Hermon, up near Caesarea Philippi. That's not a Jewish area. Now, traditionally, it's been believed to be Mount Tabor, which is about 15 miles southwest of Capernaum. They could have made it there in that amount of time, but it seems kind of out of the way, and it's not particularly a great mountain to be on. It's only about 1,900 feet tall, and there's a little town on top of it. It says here they went up there to be by themselves. And so most people today believe it was probably Mount Marion, which is about a 3,900-foot mountain, and it's about 11 miles northwest of Capernaum. So there's plenty of time to get there in the about a week. And it's a fairly substantial mountain. It's not up in the clouds, but it is a good place to get away from everyone. Bottom line is we don't know which mountain it is. And it's really not that important which mountain it is. And so often we just call it the Mount of Transfiguration. because That's what took place there. And I took Peter, James, and his brother John. And this is where we first see this idea of this inner circle of disciples. And some say this is what was referred to when Jesus said, some of you will not taste death before you see the Son of Man come into his kingdom. They're going to see Jesus in all his kingliness here on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so this is the sum of them he was referring to. It's not absolutely straightforward, so we're not so sure about that. But we do have this inner circle, Peter, James, and John. There's a few times where we see Jesus take them aside. They seem to be the ones that are the closest to him. We've already seen Peter break out now as the leader of the disciples. And in all the lists of disciples, Matthew 10, Mark 3, Luke 6, Acts 1, Peter is always listed first in the lists of the disciples. And in fact, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, the these four are always the first four listed. And Andrew's generally included because he's Peter's brother. So it's two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew, James and John. But it's Peter, James and John that are this inner circle of three. Verse two, he was transfigured in front of them and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. So transfigured, the, the Greek word here is metamorpho, where we get the word metamorphosis. So it is transfiguration. It is a change. It is a transition. Something changed. It wasn't just like Moses on Mount Sinai, whose face glowed. There was something entirely different about Jesus here. His face shone like the sun. His, sun, his clothes became as white as the snow. Now this shows he's more than just a human teacher. There's something very special about Jesus here. And the, the image here of going up on the mountain to meet God is reminiscent of Moses at Mount Sinai as the deliverer of God's people. Verse 3, suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Now this is noteworthy. Moses and Elijah, these are, these are heavy hitters in the Old Testament. And this is really showing his messianic role, because a lot of people really see Moses and Elijah as having roles looking ahead to the messianic kingdom. 
Now, what's special about Moses and Elijah? Moses went up on Mount Sinai to receive the law, to meet with God. Elijah went up on Mount Horeb to encounter God. And both of them saw the glory of God. God revealed himself, or at least his glory, to Moses on Mount Sinai, Elijah on Mount Horeb. Now, most people believe they're actually the same mountain. So, Mount Sinai, Mount Horeb, same place. But they both went up on the mountain and beheld the glory of God. Some see Moses as representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets. And they both had mysterious deaths. Right before the people entered the promised land, at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, says that God wouldn't let Moses enter the promised land because of his sin when he called water from the rock. But he went up on Mount Nebo and died, and God buried him so that no one would know where his grave was. Elijah was actually carried to heaven on a whirlwind. So they both have something of a mysterious death to them. And both of them have a role in, in, the, in the Old Testament and in popular thought of the establishment of the Messianic kingdom. So that's why they're there. Verse 4, Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will set up three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Well, nobody asked for this, but Peter volunteering. Now, Mark said he didn't know what to say, and he was frightened. So he felt like he needed to at least offer to help. Now, perhaps it's late in the day. Uh, Luke says they actually came down the following day, and Peter's saying, hey, it's getting late. Uh, you guys, you know, you're important people. Would be right for you to be out here unprotected overnight. Uh, we'll pitch some little shelters for you to shield you from the elements. So you got to appreciate his heart, and you also have to understand he was frightened and didn't know what to say. Verse 5 While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So it was while he was still speaking. So God interrupts Peter here. Peter says, well, maybe it'd be a good idea if me and the boys set up some shelters for you. Then God, boom, interrupts him and says, whoa, this is, my, this is the son of God. I love him. I'm pleased with him. Listen to him. So that shut Peter down right there. And this shows Jesus to be the son of God. He's providing a correction to Peter. Jesus is, is not on the same level as Moses and Elijah. He's much, much more than Moses and Elijah. Back when Jesus was talking about the sign of Jonah, he says, and there's something bigger than Jonah going on here. Well, there's something bigger than Moses and bigger than Elijah going on here. We saw almost the same words from heaven at Jesus' baptism back in chapter 3, verse 17. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Then he adds, listen to him here. Verse 6, when the disciples heard this, they fell face down and were terrified. I can't imagine what it must be like to be here. Verse 7, Jesus came up, touched them and said, get up, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus alone. 
This is the transfiguration of Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, what's going on here? Why do we have this? We're also at a turning point in the gospel where Jesus is going to start heading to Jerusalem soon. He's going to be a little bit more in Galilee, but very soon heading to Jerusalem and heading to Jerusalem to die. And a lot of people say, okay, this is all meant to be encouragement for Jesus to be able to keep up and go through with this task, the task of going to his death. However, I don't agree with that. This is for the disciples. If Jesus just needed to be encouraged, he could have done this by himself. But if we look at the number of times we see them in this little passage, and see, this is really for the benefit of the disciples. So in verse 1, Jesus led them up on the high mountain. Verse 2, he was transfigured in front of them. Verse 3, suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Verse 5, suddenly a bright cloud covered them. And then the voice who is the voice speaking to? He's not speaking to everyone there. He's speaking about Jesus. So he's speaking to the disciples. So the voice from heaven says, This is my beloved Son with whom I will please listen to him, is speaking of Jesus in the third person. This voice is directed to them. So all this, who's the audience here? It's them, the disciples. This is for the disciples to see. And this is to just nail down again that Jesus really is the Messiah. Jesus really is the Son of God. Jesus is not just the latest and greatest prophet even. He is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ. Now, why just the three and not all 12 of them? Don't know why he chose it to do it that way. He doesn't explain it. But he does tell them on the way down, we'll see that next time, don't tell anybody about this until after I've been raised from the dead. So as we're making this shift in the gospel to start heading toward Jerusalem soon to carry out his actual mission to die for the sins of the world, we're seeing it become more evident that Jesus is not just a, a gifted holy man, not just an empowered healer, not even just a miracle worker. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Matthew.